My name is Mark Viquez, and this is the Ballpark Hunter Podcast, a weekly show that discusses topics at the ballpark from the game day experiences, stadium news, logo changes, and everything else that's brewing at the game. We cover it all from the baseball to the beer. Invite you to stay tuned and hope you enjoy. Hi, this is Mark Fiquez. Welcome to the Ballpark Hunter Podcast. With me today, I have the honor of talking to Alec Allred. He is the vice president of the Old North State League. Uh, that is a summer collegiate league that has all its clubs in North Carolina. We're going to find out a little bit about what that league's all about. Alec, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me. All right. Now, Alec, he and I were just talking about his days of playing professional baseball, and uh, he had... Uh, he played a season up in the United Shores Professional Baseball League in Utica, Jimmy John's Field, one of my favorite independent ballparks now that St. Paul is, is a AAA affiliate. Uh, what did you think about the ballpark? You, what did you think about your time up there and that concept, four teams in one stadium? Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, obviously, incredible ballpark. I'm pretty sure at the time when I was there, that was the biggest jumbotron in minor league baseball. Um, that could have been, yeah. It was a it was a great experience. I, I really liked I really liked the setup of the league, and a, a lot of people didn't. Um, you know, there was there was definitely pros and cons to to the setup, but obviously everybody that's in independent baseball is trying to get to affiliated ball. So cutting down, not having to travel, and really being able to focus on your development, I thought was really really cool, really important. Um, it was not as taxing on your body being on the road all the time, but overall. I loved every second of it. It was a, it was definitely a great experience. Um, really great, really great league. Justin Orndove did a lot for me as a, as a player. Uh, gave me a lot of chances. And, uh, and yeah, we always is always run a good show up there. So I was very thankful for my time there. Yeah, they, they do a great job. And it, it gets overlooked because they have the four teams and there is no road uh, leagues or any other clubs coming in out of town. But that is that is quite the experience from a fan perspective, and uh, I'm, there's they've been kicking around for quite some time. So it's always good to talk a little uh, baseball from outside of Detroit. So, yeah. but we're here to talk about the league that you're uh, helping run, the Old North State League. Uh, I've seen some of the logos of these clubs. Uh, I've seen some of the ballparks. I love your website. It gives us a nice look and feel about what this uh, league is all about. However, what can you tell me about this league? What, what, uh, what do players get out of it playing in it, and what do fans enjoy watching it? Yeah, so we started the league um, in 2018, and actually, I was on the way home from Utica when it was kind of born. Um, I'm one of those guys that could ride for 12 hours in a car and never turn the radio on. Uh, so I was on the way home, and I guess it was probably late August to have surgery on my wrist and. Um, you know, I just started thinking. My dad had floated the idea around start, about starting a college summer league uh, before. Uh, my family owned a college summer league team for several years. And so he, he had kind of floated it around a little bit. And, and so I was on the way home, and I called him. I said, Dad, let's start a college summer league. And he's like, why would we do that? And he was kind of joking around because he, he had said that we should also – or we sh- should consider it. And mm. so uh, he ca- – he told me to call your buddies. So I called my buddies. A lot of them were playing college ball still, uh, obviously in their summer seasons at that point, 
or just starting their falls. And then I had a couple of buddies playing minor league baseball. And I, I asked them about pillars, like how do we want to structure this league so it's player friendly? Uh, it's no secret that a lot of college summer baseball is set up with business interests in mind. And that's, that's fine. It's just I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to cater an entire league to the players themselves and try to do things that, that would help them and that they would enjoy. Uh, and it's not huge things. It's, it's things that other leagues do. But when we combine them all together, I think it gives the players a really good experience. And uh, I think that's been proven because we have a really high retention rate. A lot of the guys come back every each year. Um, there's several players in the league uh, that have played every year of the league so far. They're seniors this year, and they've played every single season in the league. Um, so what we tried to do was we tried to create a, a, a big-time um, college summer league or almost like a minor league type feel. Uh, to the entire league, but just on a little bit smaller scale. That that was the original kind of game plan when we were creating this league in 2018. Um, obviously, it's turned into a much bigger uh, thing than that, and now, now it is a big-time summer league. Um, so 2019 was our inaugural season. We had about 150 players in it, and we set it up very similar to the USPBL. There was four teams at uh, two different fields, so there was 18. Oh, okay very small rosters, you know, it was really very much a let's test this out easy and not, not jump all the way in. Uh, Cause again, we wanted to make sure that, that we did, we we're doing a good service to the players. Uh, and it was a very successful summer. You know, we, we got a feel for things, learned, you know, what we need to do, what we don't need to do. Um, there was very much a, uh, it was very much a success in my opinion. Um, then the next year was COVID. So that was, that was definitely very, very interesting. Um, once COVID happened, I guess when, when everybody canceled their season and I guess it was late February, early March of 2020, we sat and talked about it for about a week on what, what did we want to do? You know, a lot of the summer leagues were, were canceling their season yeah. immediately after college canceled their season. So we, um, you know, we kind of just took a gamble. We took a risk. We're like, we're going to play, we're going to do it. And, and I think it turned out to be we were maybe one of two or three leagues in the entire country that actually played that year. And um, we exploded. Like, that was our ticket um, because we started getting a lot of big-time players that maybe maybe probably wouldn't normally join us. No, year no I see that. Um, and uh, so we, we went to about 300 players that year mm. on eight teams again, so bigger rosters. But this that year – each team had their own stadium across the state of North Carolina. Um, and then again, last year, we, we expanded to 12 teams last year, about 30-man rosters again. So there's there was around 360 players um, at 12 different stadiums from Ocean Isle to, to about to Lenore, uh, which is, is getting towards the mountains. Um, and this year we've got 13 teams, a little bit bigger rosters. We're adding some games. Got We, we picked up a, a lot of pitching and uh, added – Several new teams moved a couple teams around, so now we're all the way from Ocean Isle to Asheville. So uh, we we spread out a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, no, you're right. You guys were one of a handful of uh, baseball leagues that played in 2020, which uh, definitely had to be a, a nice relief to a lot of us who were just hungry for something to see during the summer. That that was a tough year uh, if you were a baseball fan. So it's. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting that you guys uh, made that switch and uh, were pretty successful at it. So 
games. Uh, the past 15 home games, 15 away. Is that changing this year? Um, yeah. We're, so what we're trying to do this year is we've got some really, really good markets. Uh, really, we've got some teams that are in really good areas. Everybody's going to have the same amount of league games. They're going to play two home and two away against divisional teams. Um, and then outside of that, it kind of just depends on the market. And we're going to kind of rotate it around each year, uh, depending on who's, who's, who's going to be home on this series in terms of cross-divisional play. Um, so it probably won't break down to exactly 15 and 15 like years past, okay. but it still will be pretty even. Okay. No, no, very nice. And then, uh, like I said, you, if you go to this website, they, they have – what I find fascinating is your club logos. Some of these are just beautiful. I'm like, wow, the Brunswick Surf and Turfs, the Fayetteville Shoots, the Swamp Foxes, the Henderson Honeycrisp looks looks a little uh, like a serial killer there. I'm a little bit afraid of him. <laughs> no, no offense to the guy who who uh, drew it, buddy. He looks a little kind of menacing there. You know, he's not cute like the. Uh, like the Sweppensville Sweepers or the Sandville Spinners, but I love these logos. They're beautiful. Who, who creates them? Or is it from one design studio? Yeah. So I actually, my wife, um, she, she does all of our marketing. She's like our creative director. She got her degree in marketing from coastal Carolina. Okay. Uh, we've been together since we were basically in high school. So she's created, she's created the concepts for all of our teams. She has drawn all these logos. No, no, no. no. She, no. she has concepts created the logos. Okay. She's drawn. Uh, she's kind of like sketched them out, come up with the names, the, yes. colors, the branding of each, the feel for the logos, I should say. Um, okay. And then we send all of our logos to Triton, uh, custom uniforms. Uh, okay. Um, uniforms and stuff like that. And they have their own graphics team that creates our logos for us. And now, do uh, so they look do they look similar to what she kind of initially drew, or? Um, yeah, I mean, I would no. She's she's not really, she's not a graphic designer by okay. anything of that that stretch. She she just really comes up with the concepts yes. and tries to words and kind of maybe sketches out a little bit okay. and then they bring it to life. They do incredible work. No, no, they're they're beautiful. The jerseys. I don't know if you guys go to the website or go on YouTube. You have jersey reveals uh, on uh, uh, you can find on YouTube, and a lot of the a lot of these uniforms are beautiful. I, I I can see people wanting to buy them. I can see people wanting to purchase caps, but I don't see a, a store that sells them. Yeah, so that's actually what we're doing right now. Okay, uh, there there'll be something coming out in the next couple of weeks. Nice. Um, that we're we've been looking forward to for a while and it's going to have all of that that stuff on there uh it's a pretty big partnership that most people probably aren't aren't expecting uh so once that's that's okay. announced all makes sense and it'll make that that uh buying jerseys and buying gear and okay. stuff like yeah you guys are sitting on some some great looks i mean the serpent turfs is beautiful and i kind of like the sweepers logo i like the <laughs> Uh, I like that broom holding a baseball bat. It sort of uh, reminds me of uh, a little bit of a, a cousin or distant cousin of the Savannah banana logo, but it's uh, they're, they're gorgeous. Yeah. I was like, man, these logos are great. Cause sometimes you go to some baseball leagues, you look at their logos. I'm like, ugh, these logos are just amateurish or yeah. poached. somebody poached them and they, you know, reconfigure them in different colors. No, everything here 
first rate. These things will look good on a triple-A or minor league club. They, they look better than some uh, minor league teams. So good this job on. Are actually, this is the first, first person to know this outside of the league. They're going to rebrand right now. They will be get, they'll be having a uh, revamped logo. They'll still be called the Sweepers and stuff. Okay. There's going to be a revamped logo that's coming out probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, we, so Triton, that's the only logo in the league that Triton has not created. So we were trying to get more of that 3D look that you're talking about. Yes. And all of our have. So that's it was more of a, a 2D look because that was one of the, the teams that we branded back in. It was probably late 2019. So okay. we wanted uh, we wanted to have a little bit more professional, cleaner look. So they're going to re- revamp that one for us and it'll be coming out here pretty soon. Yeah, because I, I saw the Muscadines have had a revamp logo from the original. Yep. Which that, uh, that was one of the older ones. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. It's just like I said, I've been doing a lot of research on the league, and I'm just I keep getting drawn back to these logos. They're just fascinating. So good good job on that. So I guess my next question is talking about uh, you had a, a design a baseball jersey recently. Was that something that yeah. you found a winner or what's, what's yeah what's, we we. We had a couple good submissions. Um, Triton does a, a great job at doing wacky, like minor league, like you know, uniforms for us. Um, and we wanted to try to do that for all of our teams this year. Some of our teams in the past, like there's been some teams like the Serpenters last year that had a real wacky uniform. And then there's been some teams that have had more of a classical uniform. Yeah. We really wanted to go a little bit wild with it. Uh, so we were trying to get some ideas from different people to see if anybody had anything clever. So there was definitely a couple of good submissions. Uh, there was a good one in, in uh, Mecklenburg for the Muscadines, and there was a good one in Marion um, that we've sent on to Triton uh, so they can kind of incorporate some of those ideas that were put into that those submissions. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, every time, you know, I thought about making a submission, uh, but I just don't have the time. I don't have the creativity anymore. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> too busy doing podcasts and YouTube videos. It's uh, and working as, as my day job as well. So uh, should be a good looking uh, Jersey, whoever gets to be the winner. So we'll look out for that. Uh, but also want to talk about the ballparks. You know, so these are not your typical minor league ballparks. These some ballparks look like they sit about 500. Some have a lot of charm uh, yeah. with the setting and the covered grandstand. What can you tell me about a typical ballpark in the league? Yeah, honestly, our ballparks are so vastly different that it's, it's very unique. I mean, we've got – you know, one of our teams plays at the High Point Rockers Stadium. I mean, that's the nicest minor league park in, in North Carolina. Probably it other is very than nice. The uh, Knight Stadium. Uh, Gastonia's is nice too now. But, um, you know, and then some of, our, some of our teams play at really, really, really nice high school fields. Um, so it really just they, they kind of all vary uh, anywhere in between too. One thing that we did a we did a cool thing. I, I would say it was really kind of the uh, it kind of went hand in hand with with how we structured the league and, and why we did the league. When we first started the Old North State League, we wanted to really bring the baseball bring bring baseball back to some of the forgotten communities around North Carolina. Uh, in North Carolina. 50, 70 years ago, there were mill teams everywhere. And yeah. baseball was North Carolina back then. And a lot of those smaller communities that still have very, very good baseball talent, they don't have 
baseball in their community as much anymore. And so what we've done in a couple scenarios is we've gone in and, and gotten an a old stadium that maybe a middle league team used to play at. We've re- oh, renovated and um, put teams there and, and, and tried to get some of that community back out at the games. And honestly, that's our, that's our bread and butter. Um, I'm very much looking forward to going up to Hendersonville this year to Berkeley Mills Park, which, which used to be the home of a middle league team back in the day. Oh, wow. Um, and so that that's kind of you know all of our stadiums are they could be a a very nice Atlantic League stadium or they could be a a very nice high school field or they could be a stadium that was built a hundred years ago. So yeah, no, I I have told people many times uh, either on a podcast or in print uh, when I write for Stadium Journey, North Carolina and, and has one of the probably one of the best ballpark situations. You're not too far away from a baseball game during the summer. So I can imagine the high school fields are probably much nicer than what I'm used to. The old ballparks that are covered grandstands are probably much nicer than what I'm used to. So I'm, I'm envious. Now you have a whole state uh, of uh, you have a, a league that spans the whole state now to, uh, to attract fans to. So it's, uh, it's a good spot to be. I, I really wish we had some of those old ballparks up here in Indiana. We don't, they've all been knocked down or, yeah, there may be the field may be there, but the grandstands are gone. So it's uh, yeah, no, it's, ah, you know, it's a different world. You know, there it's just like the league. There's always things that we can do better at, and we can get better at. And uh, you know, that's what we strive to do every year. We try to be better than the year before. I keep a notebook of all the different, the smallest things about how a Gatorade was handed out throughout the course of the season and I go through it at the end of every year and I figure out how do, how do we make that better? How do we make this better? And that's no different with our ballparks. We're always trying to uh, uh, renovate our fields, you know, do, do better by our players. So they've got a better playing surface to play on. So uh, we like it. We like our setup, but that doesn't mean that we can't always get better yeah. either. Yeah. Cause I know, for example, you, uh, you and your dad were looking at some new cities uh, at one time, and you picked Reedsville off a map and mm-hmm. said, hey, let's play here. I actually visited Reedsville this past summer. I, I spent the night there uh, between a Danville Otterbots game and a Burlington Sock Puppets game because I couldn't find a cheap hotel in uh, Danville. I don't know what was going on up there, but I'm in Reedsville and I, I'm reading about the Luckies and I see the old Lucky Stripe uh, tobacco factory. And I'm thinking to myself, this would be a cool spot for a baseball club. And then I get back to Indiana and it's like, oh, there was a team there. They played somewhere. So yeah. h- how, how did the community respond to Reedsville? I kind of miss, I was just a little bit late to see a game there. Yeah, no, Reedsville was a, Reedsville was a great setup. It's a great setup for us. The town is super behind the team. And I, that team has been, that was a middle league team. Yeah, that um, was. And, and a minor league team at one time, it, Philly's affiliate. Right. And um, so the community very much is is built on baseball and they still have it, you know, deep in their bones. They're they're They were very much involved with everything. And, and we even had so the city renovated that park for us. That was just a little league park that they turned into a college mm-hmm. summer league field. Um, and it was a bit it was a pretty big time investment for the city uh, to do that for us. And they're putting in new lights this year, putting up a new oh, scoreboard. Nice. 
Um, you know, there's still things that we're, the league's going to help out the city on a couple other projects moving into next, you know, into the 2023 season. Um, but, you know, just to make it possible at all, the city really, really worked hard on it and the community really got behind it well. It, now, do you see that in a lot of the cities? They're welcoming. They they say, hey, this is a great investment. Let's let's redo our ballparks to make sure this lasts. Or do you yeah. have you been to some ball? Have you been to some cities where there was a little bit like, hey, it's not working out here. Maybe we should go someplace else. Um, there has only been there's only been one one town that it was harder. I would okay. say it wasn't work. I wouldn't say it wasn't working out. It just wasn't the best setup. Yeah. Uh, that's why we relocated that team. Um, but no, for the most part, it's been a pretty awesome journey like the communities just love baseball in north carolina so it's great to hear very very welcoming um and and honestly it's it's not really surprising because a lot of these communities had baseball and you know teams left for bigger markets um and so they're just happy to we're the new guys on the block but they're happy to have a a baseball team back in the area yeah, and you guys are going to stay within North Carolina. Are you looking to dip into Virginia or South Carolina? We're just gonna, yeah, we're just gonna stay in North Carolina. That's the plan for at least right now. Uh, I don't, I don't foresee that changing. Um, there's just so many good communities, and there's so much college that I just don't really see the purpose in dipping outside of it. Uh, now, you might ask next year, and it might be a completely different answer. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, Somebody gives you an offer. Hey, we're, let's put a team here in uh, just outside of in Virginia. And you may say, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, you may say, hey, it's, it's hard to resist. It's, it's It fits within our footpath. Uh, what is the average length of a trip for uh, some of your teams? I'm not – these guys aren't driving six, eight hours. No, no, no. no. And that's part of – that's one of the pillars. That's why I don't really want to go outside the state. Yeah. Now, You've gone east to west a lot. Uh, that's why we split in the eastern western division. But that was one of our pillars we established when we were creating the league on how do we make this more player friendly. And it, it was not having, you know, crazy amounts of travel or long distances. Um, I would say the average is maybe an hour and a half. That's maybe. good. Yeah, that's good. Not, yeah. not too. Now there, there will be a couple. There'll be a couple of trips that are going to be you know two or three hours. So you know, it's not to say that it will be the most enjoyable thing ever, but it's not bad. You know, it's probably no. a lot better than, than some situation. I, I'm sure you have had stories of traveling <laughs> <laughs> that you can share with players. And they probably have had some stories too, that you don't probably the most fun you never want to have again is, is how I would right. describe it. So that's, it's that's uh, a very good way of saying it. That's yeah. a very good. Way. Uh, is there a magic number of teams you guys want to expand to? There, there is definitely a number um, that we we've had in mind from the get go, um, and as we've gone throughout the process, that number has stayed the same. We're we're looking at twenty, um, and trying to get into basically establish five different uh, areas around the state, um, and so that's that we think that is the best way. That, like I said, there's so many really good areas that not only support baseball, but they're they have tons of college baseball players in that area. And that's really our, our model. We don't necessarily want or care about having somebody from UCLA or Oregon or whatever. I mean, obviously that would be awesome, but really what we try to do is we want to get the local players from that area that grew up in that area. So 
let's say we've got a 30-man roster. I want to have close to 20 to 25 guys that live within 30 or 45 minutes of that stadium. And reason being is those guys grew up in that community. Those, those people have seen them play from, from Little League all, all the way up to high school. And so they really bring a lot of fans out. Um, but also those guys are a lot more invested into that area. Um, and so there's a little bit of a pride thing about it for them. And that makes our games a lot more competitive, I think. Um, and, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. There's never enough pitching, like never enough pitching in any area. Oh, maybe, in, maybe around Raleigh, maybe around uh, Mecklenburg and Pineville, they're, they're, you know, you could pull enough pitching in. But most areas, we're always dipping outside of it. Um, I'm coaching the Sand Hills Bogies this year, and I've got quite a few guys from California and Oregon. Um, so don't get me wrong, not all of our players are from this area, but we do like having a really strong core from, that, are, that are local. No, no, that that's that's definitely important. Like here in Indiana, if anybody wanted to start a minor league basketball, uh, they would have plenty of gyms and plenty of people to recruit that played high school or college ball nearby. So that definitely is key. So that's uh, that, that's a good business model to have here. This this league sounds like a lot of fun, and you know it feels like if somebody went to North Carolina and saw all those other ballparks, they probably could fit you guys into their schedule. Uh, you know, yeah. on a day off, like on a Monday, Hey, the minor league baseball is not playing. Let's go check out, uh, the honey crisps or the, the, the shoots or the spinners. Yeah. Uh, I guess my next, I guess one of my last questions is as a fan tickets, six to 10, $6, $10 for double headers. Not that expensive. Yeah. It's changing a little bit this year. Uh, we're not going to play. We're not going to schedule any double headers this year. No double headers. Okay. That's fine. And that's kind of something that we wanted to do from the get go. Uh, that was one of our pillars that we wanted to establish is I hated playing doubleheaders. You know, I just hated it. Uh, and so we wanted to not play doubleheaders. In the past, it honestly wasn't realistic. Um, and so this year, we're able to do it. We're going to do it. Now, when we have a rain out, more than likely the next time those two teams play will be a doubleheader. Okay. I hear you. And then uh, I guess from the fan yeah. experience, you, you, you buy your ticket and okay. – He's freezing up, folks. Let's give it some time. Okay. Okay, sorry about that, folks. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, but I was talking with Alec about uh, tickets, so ticket prices and what can fans expect from beer, food, hot dogs, all that. Yeah. So, yeah, ticket prices, our games are, are very affordable. Uh, we try to keep them affordable because we want a lot, of, a lot of kids, a lot of families out. Um about five or five or six of our teams sell alcohol um, in designated beer gardens. Basically, all of them sell some type of food. We try to do funny food nights and stuff like that. Oh, sure. um, but, you know, overall, I, I like to think it's a very good atmosphere and it's fun. Yeah. So funny food nights. Can you give me an example of? We're, we try to do Taco Tuesday, like, in multiple ballparks every Tuesday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't go wrong with that. No, no. And that's what we hear people all the time. Like, there can never be enough Taco Tuesdays. No, no. I, and people will appreciate that uh, dearly. So, well, Alec, I really appreciate you coming on here. I found – I learned so much about your league that I, I didn't know about. And you have made North – you've made me envious of North Carolina even more with this league. So, uh, where can people find you? And when does the season start this year? Yes. Um, you, can, you guys can – Find us on ONSL Baseball 
on any social media. Uh, all of our teams have Twitter accounts and Facebook pages and stuff like that. Uh, but I appreciate you having me on today. I really enjoyed it. No, it was a good time. I definitely could probably talk to you more about uh, your pl- days playing in the Pecos League and and Gastonia, another <laughs> another fun little ballpark that's out there in North Carolina. Once again, hey, let's build another ballpark in North Carolina because North Carolina needs more ballparks. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I had a great time enough- too. I'm sorry. I said you can't have enough ballparks. No, no, you're absolutely right. Of course, my wife would probably question that. She's like, you're, you're driving eight hours to Greensboro to look at how many ballparks? Are you crazy? <laughs> so, yeah. hey, it's it's what I love doing. So it's in our blood it, uh, as a player or as somebody who's organizing a league or somebody who's writing about it uh, for a website or a podcast. So, no, no, this was a good time. And I hope people find out more about this old North State League. It sounds like one of those small town baseball leagues. Uh, little, it reminds you a little bit about town ball up in Minnesota, except those are amateur guys, not college guys. So it's uh, it, it looks like a fun little league. Great logos, professional looking logos, cheap prices. So best of luck with you guys this year. And uh, we'll be uh, we'll be keeping tabs to see how things are going. OK, I appreciate it. Thank you again. All right. Take care and we'll see you next time. All right. Take care.